Our top story tonight, Rashi Rice is Juju Smith-Schuster. He is the closest one-to-one replacement for Juju Smith-Schuster, according to general manager from the Kansas City Chiefs. And rookie fever is at an all-time high. Chiefs got their guy in Rashi Rice. Marvin Mims to the Broncos. They got their guy. It is out of control. We could honestly fill an entire show every week with just insane quotes about players. But instead, once a night, we will break it down, telling you what's true, what's false, all of it, and more on Player Profiler today. So yes, Rashi Rice is the closest one-to-one replacement for Juju Smith-Schuster that the Kansas City Chiefs have on their roster. And this is per general manager Brett Veach. Apparently, with Rashi Rice's run-after catch ability, his ability to work inside the contested catch game, all that jazz has Rashi Rice in the mold of Juju Smith-Schuster. But of course, this is just what we hear every year. Everyone gets steamed up to an all-time high. Ignore the fact that at SMU, Rashi Rice was primarily an outside receiver, that he fits closer to an MVS type running go routes than he does as the slot receiver. But that's not to say he can't do it at all. That's just to say he did it more in college on the outside. It's just the rookie hype. We see it every year. Sky Moore got steamed right up. Kadarius Toney. Not a rookie, but he's getting hype from the Kansas City Chiefs as well. It is the offseason. Everyone looks better than they ever have. Every single player is in the best shape of their career. So I'm not reading too much into it, but it is nice to hear the hype. And if you want to cash in on the hype and invest in some of these rookies over on Underdog Fantasy in best ball, Player Profiler is the way to do it. Podfather, take it away. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD, and they're making the NBA fun. Their NBA pickums. It's changed my Wednesday night. It's changed my Sunday afternoon. I used to play underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickems. It's important to correlate those NFL pickems. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can 5x your payout. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is UNDERWORLD. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. So go out and invest in these rookies over on Underdog Fantasy. Rashi Rice, he's not going to be a sleeper for much longer, but Marvin Mims remains a sleeper. Marvin Mims is on a crowded depth chart. He's behind Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler let alone the fact that KJ Hamler is not going to be practicing throughout the offseason with a torn pec, let alone the fact 
that Tim Patrick is coming off an ACL. He will not be a full go player. He will not be playing 100% of the snaps, let alone the fact that Cortland Sutton is not the alpha we thought he was. And let alone the fact that Sean Payton, with his first pick as a Denver Bronco, traded up for Marvin Mims, a speedster out of Oklahoma, a player that he described as taking a Sunday drive on the field. Now, that sounds bad, doesn't it? That kind of sounds like he's phoning it in. No. Sean Payton believes that most of the receivers in this class, it looked like they were in rush hour traffic, just bumper to bumper, trying to squeak by. But when you watch Marvin Mims, he is so fast. He is just cruising out there like it is a Sunday drive. So you factor in the speed, you factor in the route running, you factor in the special teams ability. Kind of sounds like Ted Ginn, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like Ted Ginn early in his career with the New Orleans Saints, former first round pick with the Miami Dolphins, who Sean Payton loved. It kind of sounds like what they did with Kenny Stills too. Kenny Stills, who had what? 600 plus yards as a rookie. So Marvin Mims, while he is the wide receiver four or five right now, by the end of the year, Marvin Mims very well might be the wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos. He's going to pass Cortland Sutton. He's going to pass Tim Patrick. It's just whether or not he beats out Jerry Judy and dynasty. And that's very possible. It just is. Marvin Mims is that talented as is Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison. He's getting some hype from Kevin O'Connell, his head coach, but that is natural. It's rookie fever season, but with Jordan Addison, the hype isn't, well, he could become a one B to Justin Jefferson. No, it's, Hey, we know we've got Justin Jefferson on the other side. That creates a lot of favorable looks. So who do we draft? We draft the separator, the guy who can get open one-on-one on the backside when Justin Jefferson is bracketed. And that's Jordan Addison. And that is why Jordan Addison is our wide receiver too in our dynasty rankings. We are big in on Jordan Addison. He had the perfect landing spot with the Vikings. Honestly, a better landing spot than even Jackson Smith and Jigba with the Seattle Seahawks. I still have JSN as the wide receiver one, but Jordan Addison's landing spot better than the Chargers too with Quentin Johnston. Maybe if Jordan Addison had landed with the Chargers or Zay Flowers, maybe I'd change my tune, but Quentin Johnston is just Josh Palmer, who's just Mike Williams. So, eh. But Jordan Addison, he is going to have some big, explosive performances off of Justin Jefferson, and it's going to be gorgeous. Final pass catcher that we hear getting hype, Sam Laporta. Expect an early impact from Sam Laporta. He can block. He's gritty. He is tough. All of these Dan Campbell adjectives, but this is coming from Brad Holmes because Brad Holmes, yeah, he appreciates all that stuff too. He drafted a running back and linebacker in the first round, but he is an analytical guy at the same time. We've kind of wrapped our heads around the fact that round one was Dan Campbell's draft. And then after that, Brad Holmes got to take the reins back and take the players that he wanted. And it evened out. But Sam Laporte is going to be the Lions starting tight end, probably in week one. He might not be officially the starter. Brock Wright might get the start, but Brock Wright is a one to three target a game type of guy, a 
three targets, two receptions for 12 yards type of tight end. Sam Laporta can offer so much more. So I'm kind of in on this Sam Laporta hype. Some people have him as the top tight end in this class because of his run after catchability. It's going to, it's going to be a fun tight end class. It really is this tight end class. We're going to get some ballers. We're going to get some real good football players and it might not work out for fantasy for all of them, but in real life, Sam Laporte is exciting. <laughs> the Packers, though, or at least according to the Athletics, Matt Schneidman, the rookies. Don't get too excited about the rookies. Don't get too excited about Jaden Reed. Don't get too excited about Dontavian Ricks. Wicks. Don't get too excited about the tight ends. Don't even get too excited about Christian Watson, because according to the Athletics, Matt Schneidman, Romeo Dobbs is going to lead the Packers in targets. Whew, yeah, I doubt that one very much. That is just, it's not going to happen. Romeo Dobbs is now the wide receiver three, and he could be the fourth option in the passing game. He could be the fifth option in the passing game because he's behind Christian Watson. I just disagree with that flat out. He's going to be behind Jaden Reed in short order. He very well is going to be behind Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones might be the wide receiver two. He might be the wide receiver three. Either way, he's ahead of Romeo Dobbs who will end the year as the fourth option in the passing game at best because maybe Luke Musgrave passes him, maybe Tucker Craft passes him. That's not that's six players. Or sorry, that is the sixth option in the passing game, and there's only five eligible wide receivers. So no, I do not believe that Romeo Dobbs has a snowball chance in Florida of leading the Packers in targets and receiving, but that's just me. I'm just here to tell you the news. Sometimes these beat reporters are just a little too close to the situation. They can't see the forest through the trees. Rounding things out with quarterback, though, for these rookies. Anthony Richardson. He is a unique young man. Good head on his shoulders. He sees and understands what's going on at a high level. This is all coming from his head coach, his offensive coordinator. Everything you hear about Anthony Richardson is just so positive. And when asked how they're going to balance Richardson's reps versus Gardner Minshew, because, well, Minshew's the starter, and Richardson, he's got to get reps to learn. That's the only way you can learn. Richardson, he's an unexperienced quarterback. He needs the reps. How do you balance that? Offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter gets all coy. We'll figure it out. Well, we're not going to let anything on. Just we'll figure it out. It is painfully clear that Anthony Richardson will be the week one starter for the Indianapolis Colts. It will be a competition. Richardson will beat out Minshew, and that'll be the end of it, which has upset some Minshew fans on Twitter. I've got two Minshew parody accounts coming for me with my claim that Anthony Richardson will be the week one starter for the Colts. I'm sorry, but we adapt to new information. People are also upset that I said Richardson would be a project. He would sit out the year. That was well before the Colts drafted him and started talking about how he's going to start early. We adapt to new information here at Player Profiler. The new information is Richardson will be starting early in his career. And I'm saying early means week one. Not the case for Will Levis, though. Will Levis will not be the week one starter. He will wear number eight, but... Before we get to more on Will Levis and the QB competition with the Tennessee Titans, 
you gotta hear about the rookie guide because these rookies, I can't do it all justice in a half hour show for the full deep dive of information on all these guys. Podfather, take it away. Oh, I'm wearing Cody's hat in honor of Cody Carpentier. He has finished the rookie guide. It is a masterpiece. The best rookie guide you will read that combines both real NFL draft analysis and fantasy analysis. This guy goes deep. I mean, do you know who Tyon Evans is? This man wrote up and ranked 40 running backs, 40 wide receivers, 15 quarterbacks, and 23 tight ends. 23 tight ends? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We've got fantasy rookie draft cheat sheets for super flex and single quarterback to go along with these write-ups that include analytics player comps and play style player comps. All the stats you need, the analysis you need to understand what kind of impact these guys are going to have in the NFL and for your fantasy team. So go to playerprofiler.com, go to any player page, go to the NFL draft section and click the button to get the rookie guide. It's just 10 bucks. That's it. That's all. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. Best rookie guide by far. And if you want even more player profiler goodness, sign up for the all in package. Now, promo code Jack, when you sign up, saves you you $10. $125 when you use promo code Jack when you sign up. Beautiful. You get all the information that I have access to. But back to the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. He will wear number 17. Once again, Will Levis will wear number eight. But this isn't because the Titans are married to Ryan Tannehill. No, no, no. We have reported previously on this show that The reason Ryan Tannehill is still a Titan, and it sounds as though Ryan Tannehill will be a Titan come week one, is because they can't get rid of him. They can cut him, but Mike Vrabel is too stubborn to tank the season. And no one's trading for Ryan Tannehill, so they're going to hold on to him. Maybe they trade him if there's some injury down the road, but the Titans, instead of tanking like they should, like they could, because they're a bad roster, they're running it back with Ryan Tannehill. Best of luck to you, Mike Vrabel. Best of luck to Lamar Jackson. They're running it back with the Baltimore Ravens. But how much will he actually be running? Todd Monkett, offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, was asked about Lamar Jackson and his rushing. Will it be more? Will it be less? How are you going to manage it? And it was the longest uh, that I've ever heard in a press conference. He was quite hesitant. And that is because Todd Monken is a good offensive coordinator. He is a smart, intelligent man. And he knows that it's going to be different. He can't say, no, we're not going to run Lamar Jackson. We're just going to stop doing that. But he also can't say, yeah, we're going to run him into the ground because neither of those are true. With Todd Monken, there will be more running in favorable situations, less running Lamar Jackson between the tackles just because eh, you can pick up six yards here. QB power with Lamar Jackson inside the tackles. Instead, it'll be more getting Lamar Jackson in space, selectively running Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson has shown throughout his career that he has been more willing to run out of bounds, avoid those big hits, something he took a lot of early in his career. But Going forward with a better offensive coordinator, one who does not just call 
QB up the gut because QB up the gut. Lamar Jackson, he will be running as efficiently, maybe as often, but it's going to be better. It's going to be safer. And with the weapons around him, there will be more favorable opportunities. There will be less stacked boxes now that you can go four wide receiver with Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham and Devin Duvernay. That is pure blazing speed with Mark Andrews too. And then you can run Lamar Jackson quite easily in those situations. There will be more of that and less, oh, let's have three tight ends and a fullback on the field and run Lamar Jackson up the gut. And it's going to be better for the Ravens. It's going to be better for Lamar Jackson's health. And it's going to even out in fantasy football points too because the passing is going to be more efficient. The rushing, probably more efficient as well. I'm excited about the Ravens finally. I know I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. I know where my biases are, but I mean, come on. Other than, oh, well, can he stay healthy? Which I don't care about that argument. Other than that, give me an argument why Lamar Jackson can't be quarterback one overall because I don't think it exists. Health is the only thing you got. Lamar Jackson with his weapons upgrade, with his rushing ability, with his offense coordinator upgrade. Whoo! Look out. Look out in a different way for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they are entering a QB competition. Offensive coordinator Dave Canales is hoping that this can be reminiscent of Geno Smith versus Drew Locke up in Seattle. Of course, that's where he called, not called plays, but was the quarterback coach with Geno Smith. And that's the kind of atmosphere he is trying to install in Tampa Bay. They're going to split the reps evenly. Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. And hey, we actually just brought in John Wolford too. He's actually the smartest guy in the room already. <sighs> Scary when John Wolford's getting hyped that he could be entered into the quarterback competition. His advantage is he knows the offense, worked with the Los Angeles Rams, of course, started some games there. Offensive coordinator for the Rams is a former Seattle Seahawks guy. Shane Waldron came over from the Seahawks, introduced or no, sorry, it's backwards. Shane Waldron came from the Rams, introduced that offense to the Seahawks, which is what Dave Canales learned. So John Wolford, smartest guy in the room with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. Interesting. Wonder how many starts he'll get. Wonder how many starts Baker will get. It's a competition, and we will find out. No longer a competition in Green Bay. Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, they appear to have buried the hatchet. Jordan Love says Rodgers actually called him up the day of the trade and said, hey, man, the team's yours. Best of luck. I'm going to be rooting for you. Call me up. If you have any questions, if you need help, if you are struggling, I'm a phone call away and I'm going to pick up, which is interesting. A lot of people won't talk about that with Aaron Rodgers because it's fun to dunk on Aaron Rodgers, the dark lord of fantasy football. Karen Rodgers, Q Aaron Rodgers, whatever you want to call him. It's fun, but... At the end of the day, he's a person, an interesting, weird person, but clearly a person who cares about people. And Jordan Love is one of those people Aaron Rodgers cares about. So hats off to him and hats off to Foster Moreau. This this one warmed my heart today. Foster Moreau signs a three-year, $12 million contract with the New Orleans Saints. As you may remember, Foster Moreau was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma 
last month, late March, I think was the diagnosis, or at least when it was publicly announced. And this diagnosis happened through a physical with the Saints. The Saints were looking to sign Foster Moreau. This was discovered. And so Moreau took a step away from football and reevaluated. But by all accounts, the treatment has been going fantastic. And there's a chance, this is just me repeating what has been stated, but there's a chance that Foster Moreau actually might be ready before training camp, that he could be around the Saints facility practicing with them throughout the offseason, even ahead of training camp. So that just, it makes you smile to see a guy be able to continue to chase his dream to recover through such devastating news. So Foster Moreau, we are rooting for you. He reunites with Derek Carr. Now it's Foster Moreau, Jawan Johnson, and Taysom Hill in the tight end room because they traded Adam Troutman. And that, that's a fun tight end room. You got former wide receiver turned big slot tight end, Jawan Johnson. You have Foster Moreau, one of the more athletic tight ends in the NFL. And you have Taysom Hill, the former quarterback. I'm not saying it's going to work out for fantasy, but there's going to be some fun formations with the New Orleans Saints this year. Final note on the news of the day position battles around the NFL. Rashad White, it is his job. Buccaneers running back coach Skip Pete, who formerly coached Ezekiel Elliott with the Dallas Cowboys, is asked, what have you been telling Zeke? Have you been talking to Zeke, your your guy, your buddy, your mentee that you mentored throughout his career in Dallas? And Skip Pete is brutally honest that, yeah, I've talked to Zeke and I've told him, hey, you got to wrap your head around not making $12 million a year because you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy anymore. No, you got to accept that you're going to make a million dollars this year. You're an RB2 and RB2s get paid a million dollars. The RB2 of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is getting paid a million dollars. That's Chase Edmonds getting the vet minimum 1.1 million, the minimum they can pay Chase Edmonds. And when Zeke's mentor is telling us that is how the Buccaneers View Ezekiel Elliott, Rashad White, bell cow season is coming. To compare Zeke to Chase Edmonds, and it wasn't direct, but to say, hey, backups are worth a million dollars. Chase Edmonds makes a million dollars. To be a Buccaneer, you're making a million dollars as a backup. Rashad White, bell cow season. Finally, we have some updates on the NFL schedule. We got some news today. We know that the entire schedule is going to drop tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I have some people in my life that will be very excited. They can see what games are happening when, and they can plan some travel around it. So it's it's exciting. Everyone loves the schedule announcement. You can book your tickets. You can book when you're going to what games. And I don't know about you. I will not be, but... Some people might head to London to watch some of these games. They will see the Jacksonville Jaguars host the Atlanta Falcons in London in week four. And then the Jaguars are actually going to stay in England for the week. So they're going to be there for about two weeks and probably get the bye after that, get some time to rest. So the Jacksonville Jaguars will face the Falcons in week four, stay in London, and then face the Bills. This is a game I mentioned could be a primetime game, but 
to ship it overseas, it's going to be standalone. You're going to have to get up early to watch it because that's how these uh, overseas games work. But that's okay. I'm willing to wake up early to watch Trevor Lawrence versus Josh Allen in a standalone game. Good job, NFL schedule makers. Good job. Love. And congrats to uh, the people of London, England, and others in Europe that will get to experience this. You got a good game. You don't have a good game. The final game in London, Ravens versus Titans. That one historically has been fun and exciting, but Titans are bad this year, as I continue to stress. It's going to be a bad game. Apologies. You can't You can't have all good games. NFL is selfish. They want most of their good games on American soil. Falcons, Jaguars, that's okay. It'll be fun. It'll be fine. Jaguars, Bills, great game. Ravens, Titans, eh. And then in Germany, Germany got pretty lucky as well. One of the games of the year, one of the storylines of the year, the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill was supposed to return home to Kansas City to face the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. But no, plot twist, Kansas City will host the Miami Dolphins in Germany. And that's going to be a barn burner. That is going to be a fun, exciting game. Well done to the NFL to ship another masterpiece overseas. And then they did. Maybe I should not get so excited because maybe this is just to make up for the fact that the week after week 10, Indianapolis Colts versus New England Patriots, probably, well, definitely at that point, it'll be Anthony Richardson, rookie Anthony Richardson versus Bill Belichick. We know how Belichick versus rookie goes. It's going to be an ugly, ugly game. Not excited for that one. But hey, two blockbuster games overseas. I'll take it. Those are going to be fun. We also get the first Black Friday game in NFL history. Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Tua at Aaron Rodgers' new stadium. Who? That's going to be a fun one. I said that could be a primetime game. And sure enough, it is. It's a different primetime. It's the Friday primetime, but it's a standalone game on Black Friday. Dolphins at Jets. And we also know Christmas Day. I don't know how many games are going to be played on Christmas. I imagine it's just one this year. I don't know what day Christmas is on this year. It was Sunday last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Because Christmas Eve, I was watching the Lions get stomped by the Panthers. That sucked. But anyways, more importantly, Giants at Eagles on Christmas Day. That's going to be a fun one. That's another game I said deserve to be in primetime. All of these NFC East games deserve to be in primetime. And finally, the primest of primetime, New Year's Eve, which, let's be honest, New Year's, let's be honest, New Year's Eve is the most overrated holiday. New Year's Eve is never what you want it to be. It's overrated, but putting Cincinnati Bengals at Kansas City Chiefs on New Year's Eve to ring in the new year. Whew, how did we get so lucky? Your New Year's party, you know it was going to be disappointing anyways. It was going to be not as good as you pictured. But now, pop on Bengals versus Chiefs. You can watch it at the party. You can stay home, stay in, watch this barn burner of a game. Thank you to the NFL for getting this schedule right so far. 